summer. Where's the action? Keep going. Just going to play with a microphone. Oh, yeah. Oh, I. I And see it to put this note on. Could, 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 cheers, mate. There you go. I was speaking at Spring Harvest once, and you're chatting, and the PA guys, they put their hand up your shirt, and you're going, what, what's that? It's really weird. So um, it is lovely to be here, and it, it's a real privilege. I, I don't get out much, because Kathy goes around everywhere, and, and I tend to stay at home and, and work at, at our church, and it's a real privilege to be uh, a leader of a church and a great team. Um, but it is, is great when they let me loose and, uh, and to do something with Kathy. Originally, Kathy was supposed to just do your glittery thing last night. And then, they, and then Lisa said, well, Mark can speak as well. And then I did the men's breakfast. I ended up doing more than Kathy did. So, I mean, that, Kathy's clever. Or I'm a mug. I'm not sure which. Um, but it's, it's, been, it's a delight to come here. And I was chatting with Lisa a couple of weeks ago and asking, what did you want me to speak about um, on Sunday? And we, we talked about a few things. Uh, and then a, a Bible passage came to mind, um, the one from Genesis 26 that was read just a few moments ago. And, and I'm sure you'll agree it's a very powerful powerful passage where, where Isaac was getting wealthy, I mean very, very wealthy, uh, and then those who are threatened by him, they filled in his wells, uh, and uh, then they, they went and they, they dug more wells, and then they were, there was battles over and conflict over those wells, so did another one and conflict over that one, and then they did another well, and there wasn't conflict, and they went, yay, and then God spoke, and, and then he built an altar, and then he dug a well. Powerful. Yeah. Should we just meditate? Some of you know already just the, the depth of Scripture because, you know, the Bible says all Scripture is inspired by God. So, so I hope you just, let's just ponder on that for a minute, shall we? How many of you are going, I have no idea what he's going to do with that? <laughs> okay. it, the, the, the key to it that I, I want to just play a little bit is, is if you go to, um, to John chapter 4, and you can look if you want or just believe me, is in John 4, is Jesus and his disciples, are, they're traveling across country, and they're in the area of Samaria. And they, they come to a well, um, probably one of the wells that Isaac was involved in. Um, this is many, many years later. And Jesus um, sends his disciples off to get some food um, in the local village, but Jesus decides to stay at the well. And as he's at the well, a woman comes to draw water. And there's, there's some odd things about it because she's drawing water by herself as opposed to part of a gaggle of gals. And so there's clearly some more of an outcast. And then Jesus breaks down some more barriers. Besides just speaking to an outcast, is a Jewish man. They, they do not speak to Samaritan women. And yet Jesus asked her, can I have some water? Can you draw some water? And this woman's quite shocked and going, you know, you shouldn't be speaking to me. And in her state of shock, Jesus then steps forward again and says, actually, if you knew who was asking you for water, you would be asking me. And that woman's completely confused and going, wait a minute, but you haven't got a bucket and, and being really practical like that. And then Jesus says, because I'm the one who brings living water is the water that I can give you is, is it will quench not just your, your thirst, it will quench the thirst of your soul. The living water of God that I bring is one that will bring restoration and refreshment and, and, and it will bring fulfillment and bring cleansing and it will change your life. If you ask of me, that's the living water that I can bring and offer you. Now, if, you, if, if we understand living water as Jesus is saying is encountering Jesus and, and, and having that life-impacting, soul-quenching uh, liquid of life that he gives us and then you bring that back into Genesis 26... 
And whenever you read the word well, what you think of is, is one of those places where you encounter the living Lord Jesus. So it may be in a service like this in our worship time where you, where you just encounter some of that, just God's presence, and you're going, oh, I just needed that. Or you hear God's word and he challenges us something. Or maybe your home group is, is a well, a place where you, you do fellowship and you love one another and you go deeper in relationships. Or maybe a prayer buddy or prayer partners that you have where, where you just wrestle with things together and hold each other up. It may be your private devotions where you, you read God's word or, or as you're walking along. I'm sorry, Lisa earlier said she likes to do Bible. And as she walks, are you audio Bible or actually reading as you walk? You're reading as you walk and bumping into things and stuff like that. Okay, that's, that's great. But, but actually, that is a well. It's a portable well, that one is. It is where you look into God's Word or just different places where you encounter the living life of Jesus. If you view wells in that way, all of a sudden, Genesis 26 takes on a whole different dimension because there's some really key lessons that, that can apply to us right now. And I want to just bring up four lessons from um, this passage. The first one is this. Um, if you have your Bibles turned on or opened up, is, is have a look at this. The first few verses is that we hear about wells is less wells. So fewer wells means less life. Fewer wells means less life. Because we read it in this passage is Isaac was doing really, really well. And it says that God was blessing him. And there was abundant crops. And I guess his, his, his livestock were, were multiplying. And he was doing very, very well. And the enemies, the Philistines, they were jealous. And they didn't want him to succeed. So what they did was they filled in the wells. Now, now remember, a well is a place where you get water. And the water actually gives uh, uh, fuel for the, the animals. And refreshment for there also helps crops to grow. And, and what they realize is if he had fewer wells, instead of build to, to roam wide and to reach wide, is it would narrow down what he was able to do, narrow down the blessing and prosperity that God was giving to him. So the, the well isn't the key thing, it's accessing the water that's within it. Quite a few years ago, uh, our, our family were on holiday in Northumbria, which is even north of this, isn't it? How far is Northumbria from here? Three hours. Oh, wow. So we, we were up north, not like you southerners. We were up, <laughs> we were up north, and, and we, were, we were just visiting around the area. And one day, we decided to, to visit a, a National Trust property. I can't remember the I should have looked up the name. Kathy may remember it. And it was in the middle of nowhere. And, and we planned it out, and it was like a good hour drive to get there. And as we're driving there, and the, the girls are young, and they're singing in the back of the car, and, and the sun is trying to shine, and, and the landscape is rugged but really beautiful, you know, and, and it's, it's lovely, and we're driving there uh, about an hour drive. And then just as we're coming into the place, um, Kathy noticed that the fuel gauge was just touching the red. So she said, just remind me, we need some petrol. And I went, okay, no, stuff, we'll, I will remind you when we finish this tour and stuff. She went down the valley, drove into the car park, and we realized there's not a lot of cars there. And we thought, maybe we're early, we don't know. We got to the gate, and it's closed one day a week. And that one day was that day. So we went, oh, great. After all this, that's okay, that's, you know, all right. And we pulled up the, the map and we're trying to look out, well, where should we go? What should we do? And uh, I think the place is, closest place was Anak. An Anak. Anak. And um, <laughs> blimey. Um, <laughs> Castley Place, okay. Harry Potter. That was Shyman. Okay, I know that. Uh, and it, as before Harry Potter. But they, they, we decided we're going to do it. It's about 30 miles away. And we thought, well, that's okay. We can do a day. We can recover our day. And then Kathy started the engine. And then the needle only went halfway up the red. And the little light went on and it binged. And we're going, okay, we need a bit petrol more urgent than that. And then we got the map out again. And we're thinking, okay, and the closest place is 
30 miles away. And we're going, oh, great. This, this is a bit concerning, isn't it? And, and we're going, okay. Um, but well, no, we should be all right. We should be all right. And Kathy drove up the hill. And as she drove up the hill, the, the petrol gauge went down to nothing. And we're going, no, it's the hill. It's the hill. That's what happens with hills, isn't it? And then we got to the hill and we're waiting for the needle to come back up again. And it didn't. It stayed on just the bottom of the red. And then we, you know, we're obviously clearly godly people. Kathy speaks and right, and so do I. And, and so we did what all Christians did. We did this. Okay, on the count of three, this is what we did. Okay, you can call out what you do. We're a little bit concerned. right? out of petrol, 30 miles from anything. We did this. One, two, three. We panicked. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm just saying the earlier service, they all went for pray. They all went for prayer. But you guys, okay, and more work. <laughs> but we panicked. We're going, oh, what, what do we do? Because there's no phone signals because they didn't have invented phones yet. And, and, there was, and the, we're going, this is, this is a bit concerning. And, and the rain began to come. And, and this beautiful landscape was just God-forsaken land now, wasn't it? There's like nothing there. There's a hut there maybe perhaps. And, it was, and the kids are trying to sing. I'm going, shut up. And uh, we're going, I was like, what, what do we do? <laughs> and we're driving and we're going, let's save. So we turn the radio off. We turn the air conditioner off, the, the heating off. No electric windows. We're going the windshield wipers. Put them on slow. Let's save energy. Every hill going down. Let's coast. And seriously, for 30 miles, we're doing this and and getting the the atmosphere was not fun. It was not a loving, conducive. It was, it was quite tense, and, and the kids couldn't quite understand, but, but they, they really got the brunt of it. And, and, and then the car started juttering, and we're going, oh, no, we're miles and juttering. But it wasn't the car, because all of a sudden, this jet fighter came flying by, and, and he's just wasting fuel. You know, we're almost like, he's, he's just wasting it. It was just like mocking us. And we're going, this is, and, and we're driving and panicking and it's staying below the red. And, and I'm not even exaggerating, am I, Kathy? I, I'm, this is actually what happened. We're driving and we're going, we're going to be stuck and this is going to be just terrible. And then we suddenly saw the petrol station in the, future, in, in the distance and, and we coasted in and then a miracle happened. The sun came out and the, the, everything was, it was like green hills around. The scenery rushed back in and, and, and it was, and the atmosphere in the car and the kids began to sing again and it was lovely. (laughs) See, if we only have one petrol station, what happens is it changes our life. If there's only one petrol station in the area, how far would you travel away from that one petrol station? Not very far. But if you knew you had lots of different fueling stations like down south, if you knew that, (laughs) you'd drive with much more confidence out there. But, but bring, bring that back into, into our, our walk with Jesus. You see, if, if fewer wells means less life, our enemy, which is Satan, what do you think he's trying to do in our lives? He's, he's trying to give you fewer wells. He wants to fill in your wells. So you just have one or two. So instead of Jesus promised in John 10.10, 10, is, I said, I've come to give you life in all of its fullness. And that means I want you to encounter me and know me at work and at school and at college. And, and when you're walking in the dales and even when you're up in Northumbria, everywhere you're going, I want you to encounter the living, life-giving love of Jesus. See, but if we only have one or two wells, is what happens is life gets restricted. I mean, the flip side of that is more wells means more life. But our enemy wants to close in your wells. Now, what does that mean in real life? Okay, let me tell you what it means about closing in wells. You've had a really busy day at work, and it's home group tonight, isn't it? And you're going, do you know what? I had a really annoying thing with my boss and my kids and my this, and the weather's raining. What's well, normal? And, um, and, and it's, you're just going, do you know, I'm just going to skip it tonight. 
And that well begins to get filled in. On Sundays, as opposed to Sunday being your normal thing, is every Sunday we grab the family or whatever and you come on a Sunday, is you're going, well, well when I'm free, I'll come. And what happens is your, your well begins to get filled up. When it comes to reading scripture, you're, you read it and, and if you're honest, it's, it feels a bit dry or maybe you, maybe you don't actually like reading. And, and, you're, and you're going, do you know what? And I won't read every day because it's just words and weird long names that I can't pronounce and, and it does, I don't know. So I'll just wait and I'll listen to Lisa and Phil on a Sunday. So you close the book up and what happens is a well is filled in. When it comes to prayer, and, and, and here, here, okay, does prayer work? And No. It's both, isn't it? Okay, let's be honest. Yes and no. I mean, prayer work. Have you prayed for something and, and the answer has been yes? Yes. Have you prayed for something and you got an out from God? Okay, so does prayer work? Yes and no. Let's, let's be honest here, okay? It's in a relationship. It's, it's, it's wider than that. And, and, and so when you pray, and if you have a series of, of no's from God, or you found, you found, it feels like your prayers are just bouncing off the, the ceiling, and you're going, you, we've all had this. What's the point in praying? Let's be honest, we've all been in those places. We're thinking, what's the point of praying? And what happens is we can find ourselves, as opposed to pushing through, is we go, do you know what's the point of praying? And that well gets filled in. Our prayer buddy or, or your prayer triplets or wherever it is, is, is we, these places where we can encounter God. These places when we were younger, where we used to go to Spring Harvest, or we used to go to this festival, we used to do this, where you worship God together, and you don't do it anymore, and those wells get filled in. And here's the truth from, from Genesis 26, is less wells, fewer wells means less life. And some of you are going, yeah, but, you know, I, but I, I do have a good, you know, this well. On Sunday morning, it's great, we worship, and it's fantastic that you have this well. And you may say, I am rock solid committed to that, and that's fantastic, and I honestly mean that's brilliant, and that's great. But if you only have one petrol station, how far do you roam? God says, I've come to bring life in all its fullness. Therefore, more wells means more life. Second point we get from Genesis 26 is this is that redigging or digging wells requires time and effort. A couple of years ago, I, I decided, I want to say we, but it was really me, is decided that we needed, I needed, we, there, there was a need for a pond in our back garden. Okay? There was a need. It was calling out. I felt it within my soul. There was a calling out. And, and Kathy enthusiastic said, if you want. And, um, and, and I planned it out, and she said, smaller. And I said, I planned it out, and she said, smaller. And then we planned it out, and we said, okay, we agreed. Okay, we can do that. So I, okay, let me be a bit technical here. What a pond is, is a hole in the ground. Okay? You knew that, did you? Like, I don't know. And, and so to get a hole in the ground means a shovel and a lot of shoveling. Is that fair enough? You got that? So I thought, well, I got my shovel and I went out there and I started digging. And then after about an hour, and I, I had clearly dug some stuff, but not as deep as I wanted. After an hour, I'm going, I think there's blisters coming and this is hard work. And, and this is, well, what's wrong with flat ground? You know, but I, I'd reached that point where if I then refilled it in and then I went in the house and Kathy says, how's the pond going? That's not good, is it? And, and I'm going, well, so, and I was, I was caught between, well, do I keep digging this, this concrete hole of doom or, or do I? And, and I, I didn't know, but, but what I did know is if I wanted a pond, I needed to dig. Now, when it comes back to our wells is, is re-digging takes time and effort. If we want to encounter more of the, the, the living water of Jesus Christ, is it requires us to take time and effort. The problem is, is, is that we are, we are heavily influenced by our culture. And our culture is not very good at waiting, is it? 
And, and uh, those out there, I mean, obviously, we're all perfect for it. And let me just prove how perfect we are. Have you ever stood by the microwave and thought, hurry up? <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. See, so, and the culture sort of hits us as well. And, and, but we can often bring that when it comes to God. Now, God, in his gracious love, sometimes just steps in and surprises us and pours in his grace. And he does that, and that's awesome. But he also requires us to take time and effort to dig our well. This resistance, I said, hurry up and microwave, we, how that applies to our time I was, it's quite easy to come on a Sunday or come to a small group or your home groups. And, and instead of coming with a shovel to dig, let's find something, we come and say, well, just fill me up, please. It's a little bit that consumerism. Come, come, give me, give me. Now, sometimes we are just really worn out and that's actually what we need. We just need that filling and that's okay. But actually, we also need to be people who dig our wells. We need to be Christians, followers of Jesus, who come with shovels and say, I want to dig more. I want to find out more. I want to lean in more. There's an interesting verse in Joshua 3. And uh, the, the people of Israel are about to come into the promised land, and there's, some, there's a river in front of them and some battles before them, and they're, they're quite terrified. And God keeps saying, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous. But in Joshua 3, verse 5, is Joshua says to the people, is prepare yourself today, sanctify yourself today, because tomorrow God's going to do some amazing things. I think many of us, we, we want to see God to do amazing things. We want to encounter more of God. We see people have this incredible understanding of God or this incredible intimacy with God. And we go, I want that. But we skip over that prepared today. We look at the amazing things, but we miss what we need to do today. And what we need to do today is we need to dig. We need to dig. At, at our church, we're challenging our church on that at the moment. And uh, we... we got the book, the gospel of, of Mark, and we broke it into about 46 different chunks, about 16, 15, 16 verses. And we're saying, look, every day, what we want you to do is commit 10 minutes, uh, just, just 10 minutes. You, if you want to do longer, you can, but 10 minutes at least, and you've got to do four things. You need to stop and say, God, will you speak to me? Okay, just stop and God, will you speak to me? Read those verses, and then ask yourself, what is God saying here? And then the final question is, what is God saying to me? In, in Romans 12, it, it says to be, be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Don't, don't, don't let the world squeeze you into its mold. If you want to get God's truths into our heads and into our lives, then we need to actually get God's word into us. And just spending 10 minutes a day is a good stepping stone. Because you can wait to Sundays and you can wait to home groups and that's great. But, but you need to dig wells. Because if your only well is here on a Sunday or home group, um, you're going to not encounter the fullness of life that God wants to give. As a church, I know you're involved with a, with a building project. We, we too have a building project. Ours is a five million pound building project. And I, I know yours is what, one and a half or something. <laughs> it's, a, it's a heck of a lot of money, isn't it? And, and, I, and I know you've been on it about four years. We've been on this particular project for nine years. We, we took the church meeting, the vote in April 2010 is we voted we're going to step on this. But for the, probably about five years before that, we were chasing a warehouse and some other things. So for most of my ministry at Locks Heath is I've been chasing building projects. And the building has started and we, we've almost got enough money, not quite there, but we, we, like you guys, it's in vision, you have some stuff, but you want to you wanna live in it. How, how many of you are, just want to get on with it? Any of you like that? You're just going, let's just get on with it. I've had people come in my office a couple of years ago and said, said, Mark, you've been talking about this building for a long time. Why don't we just get on with it? I said, write me a check for four million and I'm there. But, but actually, it, it's not just about money. It, it, it's about our hearts. It's about our hearts and saying, 
we want to create a well here. We want to create a place where people can encounter Jesus. That building isn't just so you can go, oh, look at our building. It's so you can have a, a really good home for your cap and for your food bank, a place where our com- your community can come in and, and not just get their physical needs met, but that they may just get that taste of the living water. That's your heart, isn't it? That's why for the last four years, they keep saying, guys, just give a little bit more. Just pledge. Just sponsor. Just do a tandem parachute jump. And just, <laughs> just do it. And I'm sure some of you are, gonna, are going, well, you know, is, is that the right thing to do? And you're going, it's taking such a long time. But digging requires time and effort. Because what you're trying to create is a well that more and more people may encounter Jesus. A phrase we use on our, our building project, I, I've used this zillions of times. It's not about a building, but our heart to connect our community with Jesus. Because once you've got that paid off and refit, it's not, oh, we're now done and we can sit back again. That's where it begins. But digging requires time and effort on the big scale, but also in your own life. It's not the duty of your, your ministers to do it. It's not the duty of your small groups to do it. Yes, it is part of their duty, but it's actually mine and yours. To make sure we are followers with shovels who go, okay, and I'm going to work. Redigging takes time and effort. I, I wonder, are you digging? I wonder if you've only got a few wells. And, and it's, it's part of the reason why you're feeling God is a bit distant. God's not really involved with some things. is because you only have a couple of wells. And, and instead of digging, you're just waiting for the tap to turn on. Genesis 26. It says, Few, fewer wells means less life. And redigging t- digging takes time and effort. Two more lessons from this. What time have I got? I can't even see where my clock is. Oh, there it is. Um, when am I supposed to finish? When I finished. That's dangerous. Okay, okay, okay. When do you... Okay, um, okay. <laughs> okay point, so point, point three is this. Okay, this is a really interesting one. This is also in the passage. Because you know with Isaac, with Isaac they, they dug it and then there was a quarrel over it, wasn't there? They were arguing over it. it it's that, that wells... Wells will actually encounter challenges. So tell me, has this ever happened to you? Okay, you're, you're going, I want to I hear from God, and I, reading the Bible is a good thing, so you get your Bible out and put that, and then you get your prayer list or your journal or something, ready to write down what God's going to say, and, and then you concentrate. Say, okay, let, let's read from God's Word. And then the first spiritual thing that comes into your head is, well, oh, I must get that milk. I'm, I forgot, I need to get that milk. And then, and then you, you write you something. And then you, okay, sorry, God, okay, all right, so, so God. And, and did, did, did I turn the oven on? Let me just check. And, and oh, the, the floor, that, that needs tidying up. The kids need to tidy that. Does that ever happen to you? It is at the mouth of the well is you get distracted. And sometimes it's not just little distractions. Sometimes it can be or, or tension. Sometimes it can be your, your, you know, it's just as you get down to, to read some scripture or something, is that your neighbor, that who you love deeply, that's when they decide to do the drilling on the wall next to you. And, and a lot of drilling. Surely there's not enough wall to do that much drilling. But they continue to drill. Any, is that just our neighbors? I don't know. Uh, is these distractions come? But it also happens in church. Is we come together. Now, in other, this obviously is not you. In other churches, what happens is, is sometimes there's tension over styles of worship. Do, can you believe that? Or drums are, or drums, should the drums, and drums are too loud, drums shouldn't be there, or should be there, or spotlights are doing this. And other churches, obviously, not, not here. And, and, um, or times of services, or, or who's speaking, or this, and, and there's tension there. And, and it, it's interesting how many of us, we, we almost are shocked that there's tension. Surely we're all Christian, and, and they should all be loving. In other words, they should all agree with me. That's what we tend to think, isn't it? 
But the truth is, we have an enemy who does not want us to get to the water. And therefore, sometimes he fills in wells, or sometimes he just sort of stirs up a little problems at the, at the mouth of the well. Now, we, we, the, the solution you find in Genesis 26 is that they, Isaac just parted company. And, and sometimes that may be the answer, but I, 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 it breaks my heart when churches split over which hymn book they use. And, and it, it just, we, we were um, just been here a couple of days and we went to uh, um, one of the cathedrals. I won't say, um, actually, it was an abbey, wasn't it? I'll tell you, it's the abbey that's half blown out. What's that abbey called? Sorry? Yeah, Bolton Abbey. We're in there. It's a beautiful place, isn't it? And the sun came out. And we, we were just chatting. And they were just chatting about that tension between those who love that real traditional, but we also want to reach some of the young family. And, and some people just don't like the kids being in there. And, and, and there's a tension in there. That, that, and, and that's a shock to them. And you're going, but that's quite normal. It's what you do next. Because you know Scripture. Jesus, Jesus tells us that we're called to love one another. You, you know that, don't you? The great love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And, and have you find it's really easy to love people you like? Have, have you noticed that? It's only when those annoying people come in, and then you're going, oh, I don't like them. And, but, but actually, when, at the mouth of the well, it's so easy for us to get distracted, to stop actually encountering Jesus because we, we're, there's tension with us. There's tension in your home group because there's that annoying person who's always late, or, or, this, or, or the, the way they speak, or something like that. And I, I think the Jesus way is, is you need to have conversation. You need to, to put more grace in there. You need to say, do you know what? This is something that we can share. This should be a place where we find life and, and refreshment. And, and let's not get shocked that there's tension at the mouth of the well. But let's be committed to work through it and saying, how do we do this in a way that works well? How do we do this that honors people and brings glory to Jesus in this? There, there may be times where, where you might need to just leave the well. For example, if you're going, do you know, I want to read my, my, more of my Bible. I want to do that. And so your lunchtime is every time you try to sit down and do some lunchtime. And that's where you, the drilling happens or your kids do this or do that. And, and, and you're going right at the mouth of the, of the well is, is all this tension and challenge. And sometimes you may need to go, do you know what? Lunchtime is not the best time for it. Maybe I need to find a different time. And that's okay. And sometimes you need to just to find a quiet room and press through. But remember, the more wells means more life. That, that, that redigging wells, it requires time and effort. And when you bump into challenge, don't be surprised by it, but lean into it. Bring more of God into it. Say, God, how do we work through so that more of us can encounter the life-giving love of Jesus, the living water? And then lastly, in our reading from Genesis 26, is that when you find a well, when you find a good well, rejoice. Because right at the end, he finds a well and he goes, at last, this is a place where we're going to spread our wings and find that abundance again. There are loads and loads of places where you can encounter Jesus, encounter his love, encounter his forgiveness, encounter his, his glory and his wonder, in, encounter his peace. There are so many places that that can happen beyond this building, beyond your home group. It may be when you're reading words. It may be when you're walking along uh, one of the, the dales. It, may, it could be lots of different places. I, I look at, if you have your Bibles, look at verse 25. There's a very interesting, it's the only place I've found that it says this in, in the whole Bible. You, you might find it somewhere else, but I, I couldn't. And it says this. So, so obviously um, Isaac dug a well and he went, yay, we're doing well. And then he went up and then God spoke to him and God gave that promise that I'm going to be with you and your descendants. And then he wakes up and he does two things. First of all, he builds an altar, which is quite a normal thing they often do. And I'll talk about that in a second. And secondly, and he dug a well. 
Isn't that a bit weird? I said, yay, God's here. Let's dig a well. Um, it's, it's a very, because I, I think it picks up where that whole theme of this reading is. Is because what happened is he encountered God somewhere. And he built an altar and he dug a well. He basically created a place that he can go back to, to remember what God had said and to go back there to encounter life again. I think in our lives, it is, it, we bump into God all over the place. And some of the things I've just said, or maybe if you're into music or, or you're creative and you've made something and you just feel the smile of God on you, you just feel the closeness of God. Maybe you're, you're grabbing a coffee with a friend and, and after you spend time with them, you just feel closer to Jesus from them. And, and you walk away and go, that was lovely. Digging a well is do more than say that was lovely. Say, I want to build something of God here. Maybe I want to meet up with that person more often. Maybe I'm going to walk the dales a bit more. Maybe I'm going to just read my Bible a little bit more. You see, for when you do that, when, when you spot that encounter of God, make an altar and dig a well. Go, I'm going to revisit because God was clearly here. So I'm going to come here and meet more of him. I want to share a frustration as a, as a senior minister is, is we've had, I'm sure you've had it here as well, is you have a, a Sunday worship and clearly God is in the house. I mean, I mean do, do, do you know what I mean by that? I said, I mean, clearly God is in the house in a big way. And at the end, you're going, wow, that was just amazing. And, and then next Sunday, half the people don't come. And you're going, what was that about? Because if clearly God was in the house, then why don't you want to get to where God is again? Because I think often we're focused on just the experience as opposed to the well. More wells means more life. Digging takes some time and effort. Surprisingly, sometimes it takes a lot, sometimes not so much, but we need to come with shovels. When there's the challenge at the mouth of the well, don't be surprised, but just lean into it because it's worth it. And when you get it, build an altar and dig a well. I, I wonder, do you have many wells in your life? Or how many wells do you have? Have you, have you stopped and had a look around? Has it been reduced? This is not about condemning and saying, how dare you only have two wells? It's saying, but you, you, know, you can still have life with two wells. You can. But if you want to have greater encounter with the abundance of Jesus, dig more wells. Drink deeply. Share. And live. So there's my challenge to you. Let's pray. Father, I want to thank you. I want to thank you that you are a God who, who just gives and gives and gives. But you're also a God who, who calls us. You say, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. You're a God who says, look, prepare yourself to, for today because tomorrow I want to do some awesome things. I thank you that there is more of you just waiting for us. I thank you that this is great news. For those of us who are feeling just exhausted and tired, it, it's, it, you're there and willing and ready to, de to drink deeply of you in this time. For others of us who've been on this journey for a while and we fit you in, Father, I'm sorry for that. I just pray for more opportunities. I pray for an outbreak of more and more wells in our lives that we might see that abundance. Father, release these people with shovels to go and dig and encounter you. I bless you for this church. I thank you for all the work that comes into it. I thank you for the amazing ways they're trying to, to share the living water of Jesus. 
But Father, we, we, I just pray over every member of this church that, that we, instead of just coming to drink, that we may also be digging and giving as well. Move, Jesus, I pray. Amen.